Thank you for pressing play on the Inside Deschutes County podcast. We hope you take a few moments and click those subscribe and download buttons. Wherever you might be and however you might be listening, thank you for making us a part of your day. Be sure to catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find us on Deschutes.org slash podcast. Deschutes County is an amazing place to live. Work work and play. Great place to raise a family. I love the weather and the high desert. At Deschutes County, we provide excellent service. We're here to help you. Deschutes County is the heart of Oregon. Everyone wants to be here. This is episode nine of the Inside Deschutes County podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Eric Brion. This is a place where you can get caught up on everything that's going on in the county. We share some county news, lots of interviews, lots of stories, plenty of laughs. I think we're going to have a few laughs today. We have two very special guests with us from Deschutes County 911. Megan Craig is the 911 Recruiting and Training Manager. Did I get that right? Okay. And Chad Hicks is a 911 Dispatcher. You also, you also do a lot of training, right? I do a lot of training. A lot yes. of training. A lot of training. Not as a lot much of work. Megan, but a lot of a lot of work there. Thank you yeah. guys so much for stopping by. First off, I think you both appreciate this, given your line of work. One of my last guests was Ashley Volts. Oh yeah. You guys know Ashley. Yep. Okay. She's she, excellent. She's the emergency management coordinator at mm-hmm. the sheriff's office. She said that in August, we had more than forty-one hundred signups for Deschutes Alerts. That's excellent. That is excellent. That's pretty cool. An eight and a half percent increase in people signed up in one month. That's so good. That is such a simple way, whether you live here or you're visiting, to be able to get connected immediately with the community. And if there's an emergency, for us to be able to reach out to you and get you essential information. So that's really good news. You guys are both signed up, right? Of Uh, course. Very much. Yeah. Yes. For multiple locations. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to have you both on because I've seen you both in action doing your work and you guys do amazing work. I'm going to start you both with a softball question. Why you're, you're at 911. Why in the world do you do this work? It's so hard. I've seen it. You guys take such crazy calls, important calls, life and death calls, Calls that are dog barking calls, things like that. Yeah, very routine stuff. Too. Very routine stuff. And then, boy, hard work. So, Chad, I'll just start with you. Why, why do you do this? Oh, I just have always felt this inner need to help people and be immediately involved in, in uh, meeting people wherever they're at and, and uh, always seem to have a... I don't know, a, a calm, a clarity of thinking when faced with a crisis. And so public safety has always appealed to me, and it just seemed like a, a natural transition as a way to be able to serve the community, uh, use my skills and abilities, and, uh, and uh, uh, be able to help people when they need it most. Megan, you hired Chad, right? I was part of it, and I was his first trainer. Yes. That's pretty, how was she as a trainer? Oh, she's excellent because uh, her passion comes through. You're uh, still clearly. here, so that's a good. Exactly. You know, I'm a I'm a part of the fruit of her labor, at least of many people's labors, and so. But no, when she's incredibly knowledgeable, incredibly skilled, and then her passion comes through. So, so she's a good, very good instructor. She's very well suited for what she does. So, Megan, I, 
It's so interesting to me because it's such a hard job. And you guys are constantly needing people. And then you have to train them to do the work that how you want them to do it. So how do you do that? I mean, it's you're, you're luring people in from all walks of life, basically. I mean, from different professions. I've, you've told me that you've hired teachers before or I've, I've met some of your folks. They've worked in the restaurant industry and things like that. And now they've, they're using those skills as 911 dispatchers and call takers. So first of all, how do you do that? And then how do you keep them? Because the job can be stressful at times and the schedule's hard. That's a great question. And it probably is multifaceted. I, ironically, I love Chad's answer to why he got into this very um, wanting to help and serve, which is absolutely why it fills my cup up today. But when I got into it, I literally opened the want ads and there was a job for a postal carrier or a job for a 911 dispatcher. And I thought, oh, that sounds fun. I like to be in the mix. I like to, um, my background is call center and customer service, did some stuff with restaurants and food carts. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Let me learn more. And then happened to be that the 911 job offer came in first. And then I was hooked, the, like literally the week I was there, to be able to answer calls. And as Chad said, meet people where they are in all different circumstances, and then use kind of all of your past experiences and then the training that's provided to help them. And being part of something bigger was phenomenal. And then as, you know, going through the career, as we've like grown and grown, and then being able to develop training to help all of us and be part of all of us developing training that helps us to be even more successful. So then we started going, is there a specific type of person? Like, what do we need walking into this job? And a big piece of that is that desire to be part of something bigger. But it's not the only piece, right? So we have a very rigorous process to, to actually become an employee. You have to do some work. So you go onto the website. We have some videos in there. You get to see kind of what our center looks like, what a day in the life of a 911 dispatcher looks like. And then you start taking some tests. They're typing tests. Ironically, typing is a huge part of what we do. So you have to be comfortable on a keyboard. So you have to pass some typing tests, basic map reading, um, checking some other skills. Once you pass that with human resources, then you submit your application and it gets through to us. And then we actually, first thing, we have a conversation with you on the phone and we just learn about you and you get to learn about us because you're right. The schedule's unique. The work is unique. And in one hand, it is stressful. But in the other hand, it's an amazing job where every day it's going to be different. Every day you get to make a difference in people's lives. And then at the end of the day, you're part of this much bigger team that is serving your community. And I don't know, I feel like Chad could intervene here, but I feel like it, we leave with our cups fuller at times, even though we give quite a, a bit. No, I would agree with that too. Uh, you know, as I'm thinking about that, your question about that stress, it is a stressful job. But I think anytime you... Uh, feel stress. It's usually rooted in fear and uncertainty. And that's the beauty of some of the training that we do is to, uh, you know, you got to crawl before you walk. And the training is specifically oriented to help people build their skills. Repetition is the mother of skill, right? And 
you lose fear of something, the more you get exposed to it, the more confident you get, the more comfortable you get. The, the unfamiliar starts to become familiar, and then it's not so scary anymore. And the, the training program is geared to give you those skills, help you improve, build on those skills, look at what you did well, look at where you need to improve before you're just out on your own. I mean, it's, it's very support and coach focused where you you're with your trainer and they're giving you feedback and and helping you grow your skills to the point where eventually there's certain calls you're taking where you don't even really need trainer input and and you just you get that sense of growing and improving um, before you uh, ultimately if you get all the way through training you get released and you're doing it it's like taking the training wheels off right and uh, without a doubt as you get more and more confident in what you're doing, it does make you feel like you just had a direct impact on that person's life. And, and it may be something simple. It could be routine. Other times it's very much not routine. But you know that you intervened in a meaningful way for that person. Well, I think you should hire court reporter <laughs> slash air traffic controller slash DJ. Oh my gosh, that would yes. <laughs> that would be uh, a fun combo. And, and, I, I mean, something like something set. along those lines. I mean, you probably have some DJ skills, right? Oh, without a have doubt. you ever been tempted to answer, like, go into like answer nine one one? What's the address of your emergency? I, this is DJ Chad Hicks. Yeah, yeah. No, you break out that smooth operator <laughs> voice. And, yeah, uh, and yeah, you. Uh, I affectionately was referred to as DJ Jazzy Chad by oh, a, really? a team of deputies that I really love. And, uh, yeah, that's the fun thing. I mean, Megan kind of alluded to it earlier. It's not just the team in-house. It's the team skills too, yeah, right? your skills grow and improve, and you go from call-taking to dispatching, and you, you come to know some of these uh, officers and deputies, uh, some of the fire and EMS folks, is, again, you, you begin to take on more skills as you, as you grow in the career. I mean, you get to meet these people and, and – uh, it just it just expands kind of some of the that joy that direct link you feel towards helping others. Well, talk yeah, to hear from them. Talk about that relationship a little bit because you just had a nine one one dispatcher, I believe a dispatcher Alice, yep. yeah, be recognized by Ben Fire and Rescue for the work that she did to help save somebody on the on the line, mm-hmm. and I'm sure so she's obviously in the moment working with the person who called and then having to relay that information as to what's going on to the people who are responding. What is that like? I mean, she had to have been, I mean, you, uh, Chad, you've probably done a million of these. I mean, what, what is, what do you go through in that moment? It's, I mean, every call is kind of different. You can be presented with callers that it's their connection to the person that can lead to uh, what their state of mind might be in that in that moment. Sometimes it's a stranger. Uh, sometimes it's an immediate family member. And, I mean, they might be calling to get help to, to somebody that they love most in life. Uh, and then, obviously, we know everybody's coping skills are different in those moments, and that's where we want to be that calm in the storm and, and constantly reassuring them that we are going to get you help, but there are things that we can do before they arrive where they, the caller can intervene on, on this person's behalf. And, uh, 
it it's it can be very intense. I mean, you're you. you How do you train somebody for that, Megan? I mean, that's it, that's part of. I'm sure your process in, in bringing people on board, but how in the world do you train people who've never dealt with that before yeah. to, to go through that? There's a couple of pieces to it. So going back to, you know, who, who should look at this career, right? If, if you're a person that likes to be in the mix, and that looks different, it doesn't, it doesn't say that you're an extrovert or an introvert. But you just like to be in the mix. You're very aware of what's going on. You're not afraid of making a decision. When, you know, we kind of use this analogy um, to a lot, uh, building a house, like you buy the property, you've got to clear it, you've got to lay the foundation. And then, and or, think of a river. And if a rock is dropped into the river, we're the water. The problems are what's happening in the, in the community and to, to each individual is the rocks. And it's our job to, like, figure out how to get around that. We've got to get him help. So Alice's call, her she partnered with our caller and they did amazing things together. This was a hard situation and often when someone has an event like this where they're no longer conscious and breathing, they're on a bed or a chair and effective CPR needs to be, you need to be flat on your back on the ground. And so Alice and this caller, they partnered together and Alice encouraged her with just by empowering her. She did an amazing job. She just needed Alice to say, you can do it. Here's some ideas how you can do it. And we do trainings on that. We use a protocol that has some ideas. When you're in the in-house academy, when you're first hired, we're doing lots of scenarios. We actually have a classroom that's set up to look like the dispatch floor, and we're in a training CAD, computer-aided dispatch system. And so we run those scenarios. And then we actually listen to real calls, and then we're typing them in. So we build that we actually clear the property, put up the foundation. Once it's really solid and we're ready to move on to the next thing, we move on to the next thing. But that whole time, we're always having conversations on, you made it here because what you offer as a person is a value. You're clearly a quick thinker. You're a problem solver. You're collaborative. You're innovative at times. We have to- Yeah, being we have resourceful. To, yes. And you're, you want to work with people. You're not a person that stands back and says, I don't know what to do, right? And so you add all of that and you give them just little pieces of little tools. We call it filling their toolkit. Hey, here's some phrases that are effective. Here's why they're effective. When you're deciding what you're going to do, what's the bigger picture? Who are we needing to get there? And this is the amazing staff we have. Each one of these dispatchers and call takers, they're always thinking about all this stuff. They are, they are 12 hours a day on. They're ready to take that call. They're ready to go, oop, this didn't work. What about this? And probably even more powerful, Chad, I don't know if you would agree with this, but like the fact that we work in a team. Mm -hmm. So I have 25 years experience and I'll take calls sometimes where I'm like, hmm. And we have our culture as such that Chad knows that if he sees me kind of like, hmm, he'll go, hey, try this, try that. Yeah. And the reason that's important for our community is that means that our community is even more well protected because you don't have just the one person working for you. You have this whole team that's trying to get you help. Yeah. And then like Chad said, our patrol officers, our fire departments, like in Deschutes County, we work really well together to yeah. provide services. Yes. That's pretty cool. It's it's unique and amazing. Very collaborative. Yes. I mean, uh, I think the recent study that uh, Ben Fire, um, it was, if I remember right, it was started with their efforts. This has been several years ago now, 
to improve cardiac survivability. But they recognize the significant role 911 plays and law enforcement and truly a collaborative effort where I can't remember what the survival rate is now, but I know that Bend, in, in the presence of a witnessed cardiac arrest, your survivability in Bend is as about as high as it is anywhere in anywhere the nation. Anywhere in the country. Yeah. 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 I think and, I read that too. Yeah. yeah That's there, pretty cool. And I mean, it's not by a small margin either. There are large metropolitan cities that your survivability rate is two to three times higher if it should happen here than if it were to happen in some other cities. And that's that collaborative team effort between it starts with dispatch, we take the call, we're going to do things to to uh, help that patient right on the phone. And then we're going to also simultaneously be dispatching medics, dispatching law enforcement, and it's and it's that that time frame, you know, uh, that helps improve all of those all of those things brought together, everybody working together helps reduce that time frame and improve those odds. So getting people to come and do this job though, right, is, I mean, how do you make, the, so it's, it's a hard job. We've, we've recognized that. It's a rewarding job, the one yeah. that fills your cup, so to speak. I think Chad's used that before. And, but how do you make this job more attractive to people besides pay? to get people to come and actually sign up to do this work? Is it, is it food? Well, you, you bring them food? Food is essential. Is, if food's essential in food the 911 floor, in. right? Well, I, um, I loved, so our schedule is unique. It's four days on, like on work, and then four days off. And we work two 12-hour day shifts and then two 12-hour night shifts and when I was on the dispatch floor and working that schedule, I loved it because my kids never felt like I was gone that long. They, I had those two 12-hour days that they noticed. But then I would have this middle day that I could, like, get laundry done, do stuff with them. And, and then I worked night shifts, and they were asleep most of that time. So to them, it felt like in their childhood that I was around a lot, right? And when I would take four days of vacation because of the way our days off work, you get 12 days off. And so that's like a half a month. And in my family, we like to travel. We like to do different things. So mm -hmm. I was actually drawn to this schedule. I appreciated what it allowed me to do. So the schedule can be a blessing and a curse, right? For some people, maybe it doesn't work for Correct. them. Absolutely. But um, it it seems like that time, that freedom to, to do other things might be uh, a, a good part of the job, too, or at least something that you use to get people to come on board. Well, and, uh, you know, in talking with people, we live in Central Oregon, which is gorgeous, and we have so much outdoor activities, but it is getting busier. So on a traditional schedule, then your days off are on weekends, and so is everyone else's. So the mountain is busier, the lakes are busier, but when you do the four-on-four four off, then you can get the discount passes that oh, are good go. during the week. Yeah, there you go. There's like, yeah. it's just a different vibe to it when you do things during the week on your days off, but you're still rolling and having weekends off as well. So it's a nice balance there. Yeah. So I think those are great things. I also think, you know, at Dispatch, it is serious work that we do, but we also have a lot of fun. And in downtime, we are, you know, we're working on projects as groups. We are having, uh, we love potlucks. Mm -hmm. and food and the food it's a big one potatoes i've heard about potatoes <laughs> yes 
Uh, we, uh, we, there's a story that's uh, part of the dispatch lore when there are many stories, most of which I won't share. Uh, but this one, well, we can make uh, this a two or three hour podcast no, if you'd like. That, that, no need for that. Uh, although uh, my boss might not be happy is about it that. One of those suitable for work <laughs> stories, no. uh, but in all seriousness, so we, you know, we'll, we'll order as a team. And, uh, there was a restaurant that we had ordered from and because I was ordering for five other people and, and then myself, so six. So I'm placing this order and for whatever reason that night, uh, tots sounded good to many yeah. of us, and uh, the uh, the staff person at the restaurant uh, all of a sudden asked me once I get to the end of the order. They're like, "That's like five pounds of potatoes. Do you, are you sure you?" I'm like, "It's not all for me. I, I'm ordering for multiple people, and so it's so taters for the team. Yeah, yeah tater tots, man. I I love tater tots. Hey, I look like a tater tot a little bit, so I I love them. Uh, but no, it was super funny. I mean, when I got off that phone call and shared with everybody how. We just kind of got shamed for for our tater oh, top order. Bad. It was uh, oh, it was just in good fun though. I mean, <laughs> and now it's just hilarious and and uh, obviously not a big deal. But, but a way to a bond with your team, oh, right? Gosh, sure. I mean, now you're bonding yes. over taters, and that story will live on and and, and has for and, years. <laughs> but it just creates that camaraderie with your with your teammates and oh, colleagues, yeah. and and another reason why to go work there, right? I mean. Is, is that bond that you create with the people that are wearing the headsets with you? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you you can't help but but uh, grow with these people that you have these shared challenging experiences or shared really funny experiences. Uh, because the other great thing, though, is you know that these people that you work with truly understand the job. You know, it's... It's, it's one of these mysterious kind of elusive careers, like it, trying to understand it. You can, you can have assumptions from TV or movies about what the job might be like. But generally speaking, if you've not worn the headset, if you're not, you just don't really have any idea. And that's kind of what makes your teams so special. Because uh, when you are having a tough time, they... They're there to support, and they truly understand what you're going through. Uh, so the the support is more meaningful. It it feels more intentional and sincere. Uh, you know, in trying to share a bad day with my wife, she wants to support me through it, but her understanding of it is so limited, and uh, that you know, it's it's hard to know. For her, what how what to say or how best to support me, but the people at work, you just know they've got your back and and are really there for you. How many times, Chad, do you get the question? Because I'm sure when you meet people new, and you tell them what you do for a living, I imagine the first thing that they ask you is, "What's the best call you've ever got, or the most intense call, or the most rewarding call?" Is there anything you can share with with people who are listening to this podcast of of what's the one call or or two that have stuck with you over the years? You've done this job a long time and you've taken a lot of calls, but there's got to be a couple. Yeah, no, there's some that have really stuck with me. Uh, you know, not not all all great. Uh, others that that uh, have stuck with me that would be suitable uh, are ones that. 
uh, like the opportunity to uh, directly intervene for a husband and wife, uh, where I walked her through CPR, uh, and uh, now I have this special bond. He he ended up surviving, and he is uh, such a uh, an amazing grateful cheerleader for what we do. I get an email from him every year on the anniversary, just thanking me. And, and he, he sends it to the EMS crew too, but he'll send me an email every year. And I mean, they're just lovely, wonderful people. I mean, they, they, uh, in spite of my efforts, I mean, we're adamant. They wanted to take me and my wife out to dinner. I mean, these are just lovely, lovely people. And then uh, here recently, uh, I got a chance to uh, deliver a little one uh, over the phone. And so... Baby Lincoln? Baby Lincoln, that's correct. Yeah. And that was uh, that was amazing because he kind of came like a freight train. And when you hear those little cries... Uh, uh, on the phone, it is. It's truly the best. And that family, that that mom and and uh, grandma, uh, they grandma was the caller. She did such a great job. Amazing. She did so well. And so those are those are cherry on top kinds of calls in a career that really feel. So awesome. if so, if people are interested in hearing about the baby Lincoln story, they can go to the Deschutes 911 Instagram page and Facebook page, that story is on there because right. I've got a chance to, to meet baby Lincoln and you and I put together that story and it just an amazing, amazing family. Yes. And now they have this story and they're just so grateful and they, you know, they talk about maybe giving that, the car to Lincoln <laughs> when he's old enough to drive and so, and so that it, when he goes out on a date, he can tell people that, <laughs> you know, this is the car yeah. that I was born in, was you born know? Yeah, right there. Right so. there. <laughs> well, and I would, um, Chad has had an impact on a lot of callers and it, that question is a question we get a lot, but the other really important thing is we, Chad has also impacted callers where the outcome was sad it wasn't what we yeah. all would wanted, would have wanted, but the work Chad and the caller did together was so impactful to the caller that they wanted to meet him and mm. and just connect and say thank you. And that happens with a lot of our coworkers. I think that's yes. a unique I don't know that it's unique, but one of the things I'm most proud of is we work with an amazing group of people that are technically sound and they also care. And that comes yeah. through with callers, and um, we and we feel like we become part of a, a bigger story there. For sure, for sure. I mean, because you just, you know, the call length. You may have just had a massive impact on somebody's life over the course of two to ten minutes, whatever the case might be. Uh, a, a total stranger to you. Yeah. You know, when you disconnect from the call, you you couldn't point this person out if you had to and and you may not uh get the opportunity to meet them uh but you know it's you know you just may have changed the uh, this is a day they'll never forget right ever but we do have funny ones too i think one of my favorite was sometimes um audio quality on phone calls isn't great and so we answer 911 and we get an address, and the person is clearly very concerned with what's happening. And they're yelling something that the call taker believes is there's an intruder, which would make sense for calling 911. <laughs> and so they put in a priority call. We're sending lots of law enforcement. 
And then at some point they realize as they're questioning this caller that the caller is like, why are you asking these questions of like the description of this? And they were saying there's a cougar, but we're asking how tall is the cougar? What's the cougar wearing? Oh, no. <laughs> but we're saying intruder and they're saying cougar. Oh, no. So yeah. we do have some of those sometimes also. And then, you know, we obviously adjust once we realize what's happening and and um, I clarify. mean, those challenges, I, I mean, I didn't even think about some of those things. I mean, yes, uh, quality, right, in, in the call. Sometimes maybe language barriers are probably a big thing. What other things that, you know, have come up where it makes it a little more difficult to do your job? Well, not I would only say locations. 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 Huge. Massive. Yeah. Because people just don't. You don't plan your emergency. Well, Chad right? brings up MapQuest and, and figures it oh, out. MapQuest, right? yeah, MapQuest. is that still here? A thing? <laughs> I'm not sure. How Let me get so... you driving directions. <laughs> yeah, print them out first. Yes. Yeah. Well, we we're dating ourselves yes, a little bit. That was great. So we do have great. Um, we do have computer aided dispatch CAD, and we have a mapping program with that yeah. that's very helpful. But we still need people to have an idea, a sense of where they are. And I think you say language barriers, but language also, like acronyms can be dangerous. A person can think that acronym yeah. means one thing and, and we can perceive it as another. So yeah. sometimes people will ask, why are you asking me what that means? Like everyone should know, but we have to make sure we're understanding. Mm -hmm. Sometimes on medical calls, they'll want to give us long, complicated medical diagnosis names. And we need the more simple version of what that is. I would guess even age might come in. If you're getting a call from somebody who's older versus somebody who might be younger and the way that they communicate might be two different well, so generations. Hearing, hearing challenges. Hearing. You're, you're dealing yeah. with uh, uh, the elderly in some cases or people with hearing deficits, whatever the case might be. And uh, you just, again, you have to get creative uh, to make sure that they get help because it's, you know, it's it's just something to work through. I think Megan touched on it really well that you have to be resourceful. You have to be able to work on the fly and and uh, and uh, think quickly and act decisively. And that's the beautiful thing because you're in a team. You're never working isolated. So if if you're really not sure what to do, it's not uncommon to mute yourself and ask somebody, hey, you guys, uh, here's the situation. They're trying to explain this location to me. I have no idea what they're referring to. And somebody will holler out, oh, that's this. you know. And so you can get that location. Or, hey, I, this person's really having a hard time hearing. What should I do? Don't yell. Slow down. Raise your voice a little bit. But mainly slow down. Speak very, you know, yeah. methodically yeah. and... And I mean, that's what it's I do great. on this podcast to speak yeah. slowly. That's yeah, right. So everybody Enunciate, can understand. you know, and, and you get through, you work through it. Just a lot of good information, great stories. I appreciate you sharing all the inside scoop on Deschutes County 911. The tater tot story was a good one. Uh, so just thank you both so much for being here. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have questions about 911, you can go to deschutes.org slash 911. You can reach Megan there. You can find out about the job and how you might be able to get on board and serve our community in that way. And if you have a question about this podcast or ideas for future podcasts, you can email me at info at deschutes.org. And remember to subscribe to the Inside Deschutes County podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Drop us a review or rating. We'd really appreciate it. But until next time, be safe out there.